This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Oh, it's a dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, today on a Monday to kick off a brand new week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Iradian Drones! Tell you what, if you say drones, you're working for the Iranians. Oh, boy. All right. You're working for the Iranians. Am I? You and every other news outlet that says drones. It's now known they were cruise missiles. Where's my paycheck? They're cruise missiles, which is a technology that the Houthi rebels do not have. In fact, few people on Earth do have the technology to send the sort of missiles that can travel a thousand miles and strike those facilities. What's your source, sir? Wall Street Journal. Mm, that's pretty good. But I'm still going to go with this tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big revelation. They were cruise missiles. Everybody's got a friggin' drone. My kid's got a drone. Right. Not everybody has a cruise missile. Right. But as we pointed out, many of these so-called dro- Well, the term drone is used for everything. From something that costs you $19 at the Target store to unmanned fighters that cost $380 million. Yes, both the military and the media need to figure out uh, some terminology. Right. So but we're not, having so. said that, apparently these were not any of those things anyway. No, th- no, exactly not. And cruise missiles, and according to the Wall Street Journal, the uh, early um, uh, looking at these facilities, the it came in from the opposite side. Yeah. So they think it was launched from Iraq. Which is troubling if that's the case, because I don't know if you remember this, but we launched a war to go into Iraq to, in theory, bring it over to our side. And if cruise missiles were launched from that country to attack an ally of the United States, that would be particularly troubling. Why, it's as if Iraq has become an Iranian uh, client state. But that's a heck of a story. Um, I saw one analyst say we are... um, at the biggest crossroads with Iran since the hostage crisis in 79, which is saying something. I don't think that's probably hyperbole. Probably not. You know what the biggest difference is, though, over the years? And this is what's exciting. We make our own oil now. Yeah. So, hey, Middle East, <laughs> take a suck of that. And or pound sand, I think. Pound the sand obvious, is a good one. The obvious Pound phrase. sand, Middle East. Got to get the stats I'll hit you with, um, but... How much we relied on, how much oil we used and how much we relied and how much of our economy it was in the 70s, for instance, compared to now, it's just night and day. Sure. Oh, yeah. So that's that's absolutely fantastic, yeah. even though you have all the candidates on the Democratic stage last week wanting to stop doing that so that we can become dependent once again or start running on uh, unicorn tears or uh, wind-powered cars or, or whatever, but... Well, there's a lot to talk about today. And old Kavanaugh wagging his penis around, apparently. Yeah. Oh, great! What do you <laughs> what do you work for Vox now? Oh God! Of, oh, come on! Oh God! I did, you know we got this great email. I shouldn't give it away. It's part of mailbag. But the guy says, "Yeah, hey, I uh, I grabbed one of your shows from last year to catch up on today's news." It is so Kavanaugh hearing redux. I mean, are you kidding? Are you joking with this? It was such everything's a, getting rebooted nowadays. That's yeah. true. There's another uh-huh. Pinocchio out and, and another Kavanaugh penis story. Um, uh, it, it matters so much what source you take your news in from or which one you look at first. So I took in news from Fox first yesterday, and on Howard Kurtz's show, Media Matters, all they did was talk about how 
how weak this story was in the New York Times to how embarrassing it is that this is where we are with our most treasured media, that they would run with a story like this. And uh-huh. and journalists talking about this is what the way you would have used to have done with sources, and this is what the New York Times now is, and how embarrassing it was. Then on Face the Nation, Meet the Press, and ABC this week, took the story 100% seriously, didn't bring up any of those points, and just went with the should Kavanaugh be impeached or should he resign uh, angle of the story. So it matters a lot where you get your news. It's so weak, though, that latter point of view, that discussion. Of, oh, I heard Kamala Harris on NPR, and it was pathetic. It was seriously lifted from the script to the Kavanaugh. Well, we... Nobody's sure who and what, but we need a full hearing. We need a thorough investigation, a thorough investigation. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, okay, something may happen, and some people kind of remember something crazy, and it's kind of funny and Not the person involved. They don't remember anything. For 11 seconds in college 40 years ago. What? Anywho, we'll uh, talk more about that later. So that's uh, good stuff. We got good news on a Monday. Yeah. Sometimes we're just struggling. Like, we're trying to make stuff sound important. Yeah. It's just... Not today. Not today. This is good news right now. Good little helping of news. Oh, extra points for that emailer. I put on a show from a year ago to hear the news of the day. He signed Corn Pop. If you're not familiar with the Corn Pop reference, stay with us. Okay. Stay with I us. I don't know what that is. I'll stay tuned. It has, has to do, do with old man Joe Biden's rambling... Uh, uh, speech that's come to light. Don't put on your record player. Stay with the show. Right. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Very, uh, the, my fiance and I have started... Uh, Who did, my fiance? It's funny. I just saw an episode of Seinfeld was up on the TV. Ooh, aren't you fancy? <laughs> the episode was all about it. How many times is he going to say, my fiance? There you go. Your fiance. It's fun to say, isn't it? I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's different. That's for sure. Exactly. Uh, we were looking at possible spots for a wedding, and uh, we're not, we don't have a lot of money. I, I'll be up front. So we were looking at a rose garden, you know, out in public place, and um, that was good. So she, she's like, she's choosing the scenery and stuff like that. And I was told that I could, you know, choose the theme, so to speak. What would you, could we want it to be both our wedding, you know, not just, she wanted me really involved. Swashbuckling. In yeah. So I have I, some friends who did a Star Wars theme. She dressed as a Princess Leia, and he dressed as Luke Skywalker. Talk like a pirate. I like, <laughs> I like Sean's idea. That's a brother and sister. Yeah, I suggest... Oh, that's a tough start. <laughs> a little sick. <laughs> I suggested a hot leg uh, theme, and she didn't really go for that. Mm. So it was a quiet ride home. So but... this, this rose garden, is it the sort of thing you can rent out for weddings, or are you just going to dash into someone's rose garden, do it real fast, well, and dash back out again? Basically a public park, and you can uh, get a permit and hold awesome. a wedding there, but... Uh, um, the only thing I was thinking of, I'm a little concerned, is you're having your vows and you got everybody there, and then there's a hacking wet cough of a homeless man, right. <laughs> you know, right near a tree. So right. I'm you not sure that I really want to have that on my video. Cough. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bummy because yeah. I know where you're talking about. Yeah. How do we feel about wacky themed weddings, like you're uh, you're dressed up as characters or something? I wouldn't do it. I think it's a little odd, but I appreciate the not going crazy and spending. Fifty thousand dollars and and taking it too seriously. The problem we're running into is that there's either you go free basically and really really cheap or cheesy, or like you said, fifty thousand dollars. There's right. not a lot in between. 
As far as uh, people you you rent or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Because they want to do like, here's $100 per person and we, you know. That doesn't surprise me that the tiers are pretty demarcated. Don't tell them you're planning a wedding. Tell them you're just planning a party and the prices will be cut probably by 30%. That's a good one. That's a very good tip. I think there is an assumption in the photographer world, the flower world, that it's like when you're on vacation and money and calories don't count. It's a wedding. Money doesn't count. Grandma is probably paying for it or mom or dad or whoever. We'll just charge whatever. Oof, that hurts. Even thinking about that hurts. Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I uh, I had the opportunity to uh, participate in a charity poker event on Sunday. I uh, ended up finishing third out of a little a little less than 100 people. Uh, I ended up taking wow. home a fan- third out of 100 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, impressive. I'm, very nice. I'm a crusher. I'm a crusher. I, so yeah, I, I look at him. I look him in the eye. I give him the old positive Sean soul read. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You, you got a soul read. Yeah, I give them the soul read, and that lets me know if they got it or if they don't. And then once you know that, the game's really easy. Can you show Joe and I your poker face? Uh, well, my actual poker face is more of just a dead man numb to life. Yes. When well, I'm actually playing, should I'm, just, be easy to do. I'm very dead faced and just kind of empty eyed. Sure. But then when I need to make a decision, I give them the old soul read. Oh, soul read. Um, yeah, so I ended up. I end up winning uh, this gaming chair. Oh wow! Yeah, that it, it is, is cool. You is, won that? Yeah, yeah. I won that. You get to put chair. that in your house? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be where I. That's essentially my own Iron Throne, but for video games Dang. now. Yeah, uh, that is cool. Uh, I, I posted a link. I was tweeting about uh, my chip stack and kind of the good times out there uh, when I was playing. Uh, so I, I posted that at armstrongandgetty.com. If you want to see the chair, you want to see the giant bullhead above the chair that they would not let me take home as part of my prize. <laughs> I was very disappointed in that. Uh, check out armstrongandgetty.com. You look third out of a hundred, and those are probably people that feel like they can play the game, or they wouldn't have entered. So. It was a, it was a lot of fun. I love playing poker. It was probably about four hours total, which wow. uh, ideally for me is about a third of the time I would like to spend in a poker room. Uh, but wow. it, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, kind of along similar lines. I made a combo dump run and casino adventure over the weekend. Okay. Something I really haven't done for months. Played with the one arm bandit for a while. Had my slot now, machine. That was a good sport right there. Had my slot machine <laughs> face on. Did you give it the soul read? And I did. I did. We had an electronic connection. After about a half an hour, he gave it up. Nice win. So, once again, wow. to keep the good karma going, I'm bringing home the bacon. Thank you very much, Marshall. What a beautiful Monday this is. Fantastic. <laughs> You guys like your gambling. Oh, yeah. That's just awesome. Mine was at least for charity. We need more debauchery on the show. We need people with gambling problems. I don't think we do. Sexual (laughs) problems, drinking problems, all these things. Bring us stories in the morning. Because I don't do any of these things anymore. Somebody's got to bring the stories. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, September 16th, the year 2019. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. Okay, let's begin now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regs, here we go at Mark. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did, and back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off. And he said, I'll meet you outside my car. This, this goes on for a while. Wow. What? What? Okay, yeah. I can't oh, wait hey, to don't hear. Don't mess with Corn Pop, yo. Yo, I'm begging you. Don't mess with Corn Pop. I can't oh, wait till said. later hear the whole Joe Biden story. 
What did you get to the part where he went down to the maintenance room? Fantastic. Well, you having a good time, Joe? Corn Pop is a bad dude. Does he mention a record well, player? Corn Pop was a bad dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, U.S. locked and loaded after that attack on the Saudi oil facilities. Justice Kavanaugh facing another sexual misconduct charge. but there he, he really isn't. But there are already doubts about its validity. And what message do parents text their kids over 900 times each year? Coming up. Yeah, the New York Times changed their story a yeah. bit last night, and that's worth pointing out. If you uh, took this in over the weekend, it has changed somewhat from the source. I think after getting beaten up by critics all day long. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It's lovely. We have some weekly shower thoughts to start the week off in a, on a contemplative note. Fantastic. I I suppose we are locked and loaded with Iran. I think we have been for like 40 years, but yes, I don't want a war. I really don't want that. I've got my life kind of planned out, and I just I think a war or a worldwide depression would really throw a wrench into all that sort of stuff. So. Well, aren't you picky? A major war. The, but, uh, yeah, I was going to say there already is kind of a war and a half going on. But no, like if we went to war with Iran and then Israel and Syria and everything else, and then China thinks, well, here's our opportunity to do what we've been wanting to do, and just... Pakistan and India start throwing things in. Yeah, just I don't want any of that. Michael, can you consult the records and see when the last time Mr. Armstrong predicted uh, World War Three? Probably when last week was. sometime. It was, it was, yeah, not... it was Thursday at 7.03. Right. <laughs> Are we counting the text threads or okay, just publicly on the radio? <laughs> funny because I promised him $20 if he could go awake, but he just not Mailbag on the way next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't mind coming here. Wasting all my time. Lots of Cars music today because Rick Ocasek, the lead singer, died over the weekend. So we'll play Cars song. I like the Cars. They're a big band. One of those... Um, 75 years old. That one surprised me. One of those... Um, I don't know how anybody ever does this. How you get your own sound when there's so much music out there. I don't know how you ever have your own sound, but some people do it. Yeah. Wow. Found dead in his apartment at 75. Is foul play suspect? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No. No, the guy singing that song died hating Rick Orkasik. And I'm sorry, there's a lot of ugliness there. And hmm. That's what we'll concentrate on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the ugliness. Mailbag. Frustrating because one of my favorites, uh, I went to print it out and now it's not here. Where'd it go? We'll do it later. Let's begin the week uh, with a weekly shower thoughts. This is compiled by Rich in Salt Lake City. A bit of a thin crop today, but a couple are good ones. Parents worry about what their sons download and worry about what their daughters upload. That's a good one. Some truth to that. Don't be showing your boobs on the internet. So that's what I told my daughters and my son. There's too many boobs. <laughs> the phrase, look at you, tends to have a positive connotation, while take a look at yourself is always critical and negative. Look at you. Look at yourself. <laughs> that's an incredibly subtle difference. Yeah, and no yet, kidding. Yeah, it's funny. 
Let's see. People who voluntarily take parenting classes are not the people who need to take parenting classes. Yeah, we we never even got into the substance. Uh, somebody pointed this out over the weekend. And I thought, yeah, you're right. The rambling Joe Biden answer from the debate that we played all of and I printed out the transcript of and everything and we were reading through. Everybody got hung up on the record player and in the, in the is he losing his mind and everything like that and and didn't comment on the forced government parenting classes mm. of, of that Biden was putting out there. Or how about when when asked how because the framing of the question was uh, how is America going to make up for slavery something like that and his thing was well we need to send people in because black people don't know how to raise their children yeah exactly right? we need to send people into those homes to teach them how to raise their kids well that's not at all <laughs> demeaning or uh, uh, paternal if you'll pardon the expression in that case right right well as often with Biden I know what he was driving at sure uh, but it was just terrible. Joe Biden is a dummy. Well, he certainly can't quite string together a complex thought. Dummy. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Well, (laughs) Corn Pop probably hit him in the head a couple of times and and rattled his brain. Uh, Let's see. I would say the very contemplating of taking a parenting class would suggest that, you know, you're you're certainly not in the 30% that need to take it the most. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, that's not to say it's not a good idea, but... Uh, let's see. And the main reason it becomes harder to make new friends as you get older is you get really good at spotting red flags in people you oh, meet. Oh, wow. Oh, a lot of truth there. I wish we had time to expand on that one. Marshall's News back. There's important news, but we got a couple of texts on Michelangelo and his fiance planning their wedding. First of all, you claimed poverty a week ago, telling us all that you spend twelve hundred dollars a month on food. Was uh, was, point, well, was pointed true. out by a number of texters. Uh, and this one, my wife and you were talking about, should you have a theme? Uh, this texture said, our theme was, let's not go broke getting married. And we eloped. It's a great theme. I yeah. like that. Very reasonable. Down to those people. Mm. Uh, there's some big news happening. Let's get it now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump says the U.S. is locked and loaded following an attack on a Saudi Arabian oil plant. On Twitter, Trump said the government believes it knows who was behind the attack, but is waiting to hear verification from Saudi Arabia about who they think carried it out. Now, Yemeni rebels claim credit for the missile strike, but there are widespread doubts that they're actually capable of carrying out such an attack, at least on their own. So fingers are pointing to Iran as the investigators uh, look into uh, the chance that the Iranians may be the sole culprits. A senior administration official is telling ABC News there were nearly a dozen cruise missile strikes all launched from Iran. Yeah, yeah, the Wall Street Journal said 17 cruise missiles, and they had to come from Iran or Iraq. So that's that's a major attack. There are two choices. It was the Iranians or it was a false flag operation in which the the Saudis went to the admirable lengths of wiping out half of their own oil production to provoke a war, which seems highly unlikely. Right. I mean, because if you're going to do a false flag, it's always symbolic and... You know, maybe you wipe out a couple of sailors, but they don't care about that. I was somewhat surprised that it's um, uh, this difficult, at least in the time span so far, to figure out where they came from and who was behind it. I thought with modern technology and satellites and infrared this and that and all the assets we have in the area, I thought we could nail that down pretty quickly. Could be that the people who have access to that are just keeping the cards close to their vest. But is this the sort of thing that 
because they're wearing vests. Yeah. <laughs> is this the sort of thing that absolutely requires a pretty major response? And it's a, it's a, it's a heck oh, of yeah. an act of war. Absolutely, by somebody. Well, in Saudi Arabia? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And MS, if I, as I've talked about for the last, I don't know, however many years, been following the whole MSB, MSG, is that his name? The guy from the UAE? Mm-hmm. They're working in tandem, and their whole goal in the world is to take out Iran. That's all they think about every single day. Mm-hmm. So having a reason to do it would be, uh, they'd just love. With perhaps the U.S. United States backing? Holy cow. The Saudis are scrambling to try and restore part of their production, probably by the end of the day. Nope, wait a second. My alarm just went off, my vibrating alarm. It's time for Vladimir Putin to insert himself into the situation. Look for that perhaps a little later on today. Israel has an election tomorrow, and, uh, you know, bigger problems with Iran could be a boost for Netanyahu because people get scared. They go with the powerful guy. The oh, yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. This is incredibly beneficial to Netanyahu. Maybe he did it. Wow. That's a that's a charge. Just saying. A new report says... Stick that idea back in your vest. A new report says one of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's Yale classmates claims to have seen Kavanaugh involved in sexual shenanigans. The New York Times are reporting that prior to the Supreme Court nomination hearings last year, Max Steyer told the FBI when he and Kavanaugh were in school at Yale, he saw Kavanaugh expose himself at a party back in the 1980s. The report goes on to say the FBI declined to investigate the claim and the alleged victim in this case, though she reportedly doesn't recall what Steyer says he saw. And wouldn't give an interview to the New York Times. Right. I just saw a brave little fellow from the uh, Politico giving an interview on the uh, terrible, the stink-laden CNN. And he said, look, and I thought this was great analysis. He said, there's no downside to either side with this. The Democrats get to rant and rave about Kavanaugh being a perv and... And, you know, and the presidential candidates can act all high and mighty and indignant and all. And they know it won't go anywhere. I'm paraphrasing this. Meanwhile, the the, the tr- president can tout all of his judicial appointments, Supreme Court and, and the circuit courts and the courts of appeals, which are incredibly important. Important hundreds of judges. Yep. And and defend Kavanaugh. And, and everybody, everybody is fine. Um, that... but, but it's this trafficking, the stupidest sort of old-timey college gossip. It's just shameless. That all sounds reasonable politically, how that will work out. Both sides get to use it, and both sides. But but the New York Times going with stories like this, that's what bothers me. we got to have some news outlets out there that do old-school journalism the way it's been done really forever, up until Trump was president, where you don't run with stories with anonymous sources or the, 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 the so-called victim doesn't even give an interview or remember it happening. Yeah. You can't treat the story the way you treated it, then be forced to mention, oh, yeah, by the way, it does say in the book that she doesn't remember it and we did an interview. They, they added that on late last night. Yeah. We need news outlets that are better than that. Yeah, yeah, and just at the base of this thing, uh, there is a very, very short list of acts I would care about that a drunken college boy or girl did, what, 35 years ago yeah. in Kavanaugh's case? Is yeah. that about right? Yeah. It's a very, very short list. I mean, murder, rape, maybe like some sort of terrible racial attack or something. But it is a short list. Were you ever 19 and drunk? God, please. It's just so dumb. Can our politics get any dumber? 
Let's find out together. Oh, the other piece of it, too, is the one guy that's quoted. So there's a bunch of anonymous quotes. Right. Remember, the so-called victim didn't do an interview with the New York Times, and she doesn't remember it. Then there was a bunch of anonymous sources, and the one guy on the record battled Kavanaugh during the Clinton impeachment, and they hate each other. Right. So that's something. And he just now remembers what was going on. Got a new study out that's found parents text their kids, where are you, more than 900 times a year. The new study by... Where are you? Yes. The new study done by uh, One Poll uh, 360 found that American families exchange an average of 10,384 messages per year. Wow, that's something. And the parents are texting their kids, where are you, an average of 989 times. And the parents involved, uh, they grew up without being contacted by their parents at all. Right. At least, certainly by text. So right. That's interesting. There you go, that's wrapped at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. By the time my kids are older uh, and, uh, you know, out there in the dangerous world, they'll be chipped, I would imagine. We'll all be chipped? Yep. Yes. So I'll just I'll be looking at a computer screen. I'll Run by there. the government. I'll just watch where their locations. I've, I'll probably have video of them wherever they go. That'll be fantastic. Through the government surveillance cameras. Yeah. Exactly. The chip will alert the cameras to their presence, and it will be piped to your home. Uh, and, as, uh, well, certainly the uh, the monitors of the, the authorities. And then we'll all have our utopia. So we're hoping to talk to somebody about this attack on Saudi Arabia's oil facilities a little bit later. That's uh, that's beyond an act of war, and uh, will require an act of war response of some sort at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, the chances of this ending in a sane and reasonable fashion are very slim. Oh, yeah. There will be terrible ugliness for a while. Unless, I mean, uh, unless cooler heads prevail, you don't wipe out half of Saudi Arabia's oil production and say, what have I done? I'm ashamed. Let, let Call the president for me. Get the president of the United States on the line. I'd like to apologize to him and the Saudis. It's just not going to happen. Is it as simple as, oh, I've got to, uh, I was going to have Sean get a story Fox had on Friday about Iran's economy and how much trouble they're in right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's unbelievable. Their economy is expected to shrink, I think, 12% this year. And their dollar has their their money has lost seventy percent of its value in the last year. I mean, they're really getting squeezed. So, is this attack as simple as driving up the price of oil so they can make more money off their oil? Well, that could have something to do with it. Certainly, they're but, getting squeezed. But they are in a war with Saudi Arabia right now. It's a proxy war in Yemen, and they're just trying to up the level of disincentives for you know sanctions and the things the Saudis and we are doing to them. They're just, it's just a series of oh yeah, look at well yeah. And this is just a big fat oh yeah. Well, later in the show, we will talk to Mike Lyons, our military analyst. I'll be interested to hear what he has to say about that. Uh, you have more mailbag, I know. We got this study about yet another study about showing what social media is doing to teens and everything else that's going on in the world on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. It is my belief. I don't care if you Did you hear any of the show on Friday? 
No. This show? Yeah. No. Did you follow the debate on Thursday night? Yes. I was listening to it in the car going down to my big golf trip that I was so on. So we need your red hot takes at some point. But so it is. If you want them. So it is my belief that the election is now a referendum on Joe Biden's mental capabilities. Mm. It's just that. Mm. If he if he if he reaches the bar of acceptable, good enough to be president, he wins. If he doesn't, he loses. I think it, that's just where we. I think that's what all the the commentary and uh, and, and and jabs from opponents are going to be from here on out. You think it's it's now out in the open? Yeah, it's just yeah. a full on narrative. Not even as much uh, with uh, Julian Castro's completely uh, DB move during the debate. Mm-hmm. Um. The Senator, uh, Cory Booker, going on CNN and in calm tones saying, look, a lot of us are concerned sometimes when we hear Joe talking. And he's sort of all over the place. Yeah. If whether I not, said, hey, Esther. Whether or not he's the guy that can actually get the ball across the finish line. Right. And I, th- I think that's just the conversation now. And can he or can't he? I just uh, was reading a piece from the Rolling Stone. Uh, I remember when they uh, would write about guitar players and getting high on drugs. But they're talking about how... Oh, and and of course, this whole thing has the assumption that Trump is a racist. Everybody knows he's a racist, and white supremacy is on the rise, and blah blah blah. That whole narrative, which is mostly bunk. But anyway, um, having assumed that, they said, "Look, we need somebody who's really sharp at the anti-racist thing to run against Trump to draw the contrasts and make him look like a boob and the rest of it." And they said, "Biden ain't that guy." I mean, the the the, the most floundering. He ever gets is when he's trying to talk about race and his record and that sort of thing is witnessed by the debate, which was, uh, I mean, just at times bizarre as he rambled on and on. Um, oh, and you know what? I think it's a pretty good point. Well, in the last hour, he from rambled their on. perspective, in the first hour, he was pretty good. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, he's it's, fine. it's just, you know, don't have him on stage for three hours, I guess. And um, Corn Pop was a bad dude. Well, so getting back to Corn Pop. So what, yeah. where does this clip come from in the ongoing search for uh, information about well, Joe Biden's was, brain? I think it was right after Corn Pop put Lucky Charms in the hospital for like six weeks and really established himself as a bad dude. Captain Crunch was out on leave, so there was lawlessness right. about. <laughs> right, right. Tony Tiger saw what was happening, ran for the hills. But, which just shows you how bad a dude Corn Pop was. So where does this come from? I, I, this was from 2017. Uh, I don't know the exact uh, circumstance of the event, but he seems to be at some sort of park talking about a swimming pool that I believe he used to be a lifeguard at. Well, oh, yeah, he yeah, was a he lifeguard. Was, he was given a speech fundraiser type thing. I learned a lot. And I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the diving board area, and I was one of the guards... And there weren't a lot. It was a three-meter board. If you fell off sideways, you landed on the damn, uh, the darn cement over there. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. Yeah, he, and back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, "Hey, Esther, you." Off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight racers. Not a joke. There was a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. 
And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement. So we're about halfway through. Uh, I'm trying to stay with it because it sounds like an interesting story. He just jumps around a little. A lot of characters. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. Oh, boy. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Yes. I said, you're kidding me. Wow. He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. Can you and pause I had it? Nose- Do you hear the people bussing in the background? Where the hell is this story going to You realize there are kids here, right? Because I can hear kids' voices. <laughs> this whole razor blade So, so they're going to slice you, and you're going to chain whip them, and, and then then the kids are going to have nightmares. Wow, go on, Uncle Joe. And I walked up to my car, and they had, they, those days used to remember the straight razor. You'd bang them on the curb, no, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. What? What? Well, I looked at them. So you having a good time, Joe? So you're you're getting your straight razors rusty, so you like inf- give your opponent an infection wow, this is quite after a you story. slash him. If if he that could, is a tough hood, man. It's a heck of a story if he could tell it better. Oh. And they had those days used to remember the straight razor. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, or just get them rusty. Some of your pomade on them. And I looked at them, but I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you to get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize for that. I apologize. But I didn't know that apology was going to work. Okay, good. I didn't catch that the first Well, because he didn't make it clear. Well, I so when he know, said, yeah. hey, Esther, that was a, Esther Williams was a famous female swimmer, so that was Who just wore a... wore a bathing cap. Right. Yeah, so, uh, famously in the movies, so... Now that's, I get the Esther reference an anyway. Timey, like from the forties. Wow, sort of uh, in forty fresh Where the hell did that come from? I told you you have one. I shouldn't have called you Esther Williams. That's pretty funny. And I apologize, but I will chain whip you. That's why I brought my apology chain out with me. I can see you're gonna cut me with your rusty razor, but I my apology chain. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was gonna work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that. Not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. And that's story time with Uncle Joe. And, and I went down the street and chain whipped a different guy just to stay in practice. And that's why you should vote for Prop 32. <laughs> now, who's something. up for a nice bowl of corn pops? <laughs> You know, I read a um, uh, I read this book about politics. I've mentioned many times the greatest book ever written about elections called What It Takes. But it's got a biography of all these different candidates, and it happened to be 1988, so Joe Biden was included. And he was a kid in school. So he grew up a rich kid when he was really young. Then his dad lost his job, and they ended up being completely poor and oh broke and moving to a bad neighborhood, which part of what um, you know informs his view of the world rich versus poor and the different life and the way you're treated and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Yeah. But he was a tough guy, and and uh, and and kids would, to get out of fights, you'd say, I'm friends with Joey Biden, and people would be like, okay, well, I'm out then. Wow. Was was his rep at the time. I didn't know he was getting to chain knife fights, <laughs> rusty knife fights. Right, exactly. <laughs> wow. You know how it is, you'd bang it on the curb, or you'd put it in the rain barrel. No, I didn't grow up that barrel. way. I mean, uh, what's a rain barrel? <laughs> <laughs> I 
just to get it rusty. So, you know, you'd, you'd give him a number of different infections. So he had an Esther Williams blast, a rain barrel comment, <laughs> right. to go with his record player comment from Thursday night. So he he might said, hey, a- Esther. His references are going to become part of the uh, the entertainment. Yes, yes. Wow. But that's just an age thing. That's not a I'm crazy thing. The rambling part. Whew. See, like I like like I kept saying on uh, Friday morning was, if he goes on one of those that that last answer he gave in the debate, the long rambling record players send him into the homes. And by the way, Venezuela. And what are we talking about right. now? Uh, how does Trump respond to that? I think Trump just turns to the crowd and says, what was that? Right. And everybody right. just goes crazy. Right. Just rolls his eyes. If that had been the first half hour of the debate, I think the conversation would be very different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's funny. I was just about to bring up the fact that, hmm, I was going to say the vast majority of voters, a huge, huge number of voters did not watch the debate. Correct. Um, or did not get that far into the debate. And those of us who are really into this in the echo chamber, and we just kind of enjoy politics, um, we're so much more aware of it and, and critically interested in it. And then on Election Day, when it comes down to a, a binary choice, that sort of thing will probably vanish into the mist. Mm. I say probably because that sort of rambling nonsense he issued forth in the last half hour that's a sign of something. Yeah, that's, and we'll see more of it. Yeah, that wasn't a, a like a slip or a gaff that you can recover. Right, right. That's just who he is. Right. And that's who he's going to be for the right. next... I said, hey, Esther, <laughs> put on some Venezuelan records. We'll clean up the black folks' communities. <laughs> All right.